I'm a quitter a lot of times. And, and it's hard for me to persevere because of the entitlement attitude. And so I would get to, you know, like about four or five and I wanted to quit. I was like, I want to quit. I'm going to stop. And then it was like, no, keep going, go to the next one. And then it was like, okay, this time I'm going to stop. I've done enough. No, go to the next one. It was like, I had to keep just fighting for it. And so to me, the apex 10 is like totally the Holy Spirit illuminated you whenever you put that together, because it's more than just exercise. It's, it's, it's a lot deeper than that. And that's where a lot of the deep rooted emotions and deep rooted bitterness or whatever is going on for me has come out. That's where the Lord has shown me a lot of those areas where I want to run away, where I want to stop, where I want to quit. Yeah. Wow. I mean, what you just shared is super powerful. And I hope people took that to heart. It's like these kinds of exercise, particularly APEC 10, is like a purification process at every level. As you're feeling like the screaming in your mind of, of these past habits and patterns and behaviors, and you must observe those and still choose to move forward into what you want, into uncomfortability, which is, you know, the doorway into deeper growth. Hey there, my friend, it's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Mother Project podcast. In just a moment, you're going to hear a powerful conversation between myself and one of our amazing Fit Mother program members, Jessica Mendez. Jessica is a 37-year-old mom and full-time minister. She has 10 kids, and alongside her husband, Ralph Mendez, Jessica used the Fit Mother program, and Ralph used the Fit Father program, and they completely changed their lives. Certainly physically, there was physical changes, but what I think is really unique about this particular conversation in Jessica's journey is this was a fully integrated, I would say, spirit, mind, body transformation all through and through. Jessica being a minister, her faith in relationship with God is everything to her. It's the whole container of her life and kind of how she was brought up, as she explains, with some of her early experiences with her grandmother who raised her. And Jessica talks about how she goes through this incredible journey, you know, her whole life with relationship to sugar, feelings of entitlement, and how that really played out as she began to be a mom and making her home and doing her ministry and how the Fit Mother program really helped her chip away at layers of herself to really reveal what she considers to be her truest self. And, and, and now she's just shining. It's so clear from this conversation. And I think you're really going to love this, especially if you're a person who considers himself to be a faith. It's very inspiring to me to see what Jessica does and how she lives her life and how she does things with her husband, Ralph. So I know you're going to love this. Buckle up, stay tuned. I know you're going to really enjoy this conversation with Fit Mother, Jessica Mendez. All right, Jessica, welcome officially to the Fit Mother Project podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. And I kind of feel like this is like a collectible set. We had Ralph on the Fit Father podcast, your husband, and now we get to have you on the Fit Mother podcast. So I feel complete today. So thank you for coming on. And I'd love for you to introduce yourself to everyone listening, your name, your age, where you're from, a little bit about your family and what you do for work. Well, thank you so much, Dr. A, for giving me an opportunity to share my story and how God has used your program and my family. I am 37. I'll be 38 in a couple of months. We're from Shallow Water, Texas. We have 10 children, Earthside, and seven in heaven. Um, my husband is a plumber. And we are both full-time ministers for Ambassadors of the Flame of Mercy. And so our goal is everything that we're doing, 
is for God's glory. That's where we're at. And I, I think that's something that's so beautiful about your particular story, and that came through in Ralph's story too, is for many people, weight loss is maybe like a personal thing or a physical thing. But for you guys, this is all wrapped in your deep relationship with your faith and with God. And so that's something I absolutely like want to talk about throughout this process. But I, I feel like we need to backtrack. I mean, you have 10 kids. That is something that not everyone can say. And I also know that that takes a tremendous toll on your body. My wife just gave birth to our baby girl, and I saw the change that happened, and you did that 10 times. So let's talk about that. What was it like going through there? And and maybe even if you want to start even a little earlier with some of your early relationships with how you're raised, let's, let's go there, and then we'll get into the actual you starting the program. Well, so I was raised by my grandma, and which was awesome because my grandma was amazing, and uh, she spoiled me, though. She treated me like a grandkid. You know, usually when kids go to their grandparents' house, it's sugar, cookies, you know, Coke, whatever they want. And so that's pretty much, that was my upbringing, was like, mija, you know, in Spanish, it's like, dear daughter. It's like, whatever you want for breakfast. Okay, I want cookies. Okay, you can have cookies. I want ice cream. Okay. But my grandma would get up at like five or six in the morning every day, make homemade tortillas. She would make sausage, bacon, all of the, all the good stuff that we love to eat. And so um, in the morning when I was five years old and I was going to get ready to go to kindergarten, I'd drink about three or four cups of coffee with filled with sugar and cream. <laughs> and so I can only imagine how my teachers were like, oh my gosh, because I'm sure that I was like just talking a million miles a minute. And so that was just something that I was used to. And like I said, I grew up with that entitlement um, because my grandma loved me so much. And because she saw the suffering that I went through not having my parents with me all the time, I think she kind of wanted to make up for that in a certain way. And so I was very spoiled. Um, I was, you know, she always made sure to tell everybody, you can't tell her anything. You don't tell her no. And so we'd go eat at the restaurant and I'd be filling up my soda, you know, 20 times. And that's all I would have the whole time I was there. And so um, I just grew up with that mentality of like, whatever I want, I can have. And I should be able to have, I'm entitled to it. And um, so going into our marriage, I also came in with that mentality of like, if I want it, I should be able to have it. And so that's kind of where my beginning started with sugar because I kind of, I learned to rely on that to cope with my feelings rather than to talk them through. And with it just being me and my grandma all the time, I learned a lot of, of those type of behaviors. You know, that's in the Hispanic culture. That's what we do. We eat, you know, you go over to somebody's house, you're going to get fed. And it's like, if you don't eat, it's, it's offensive. <laughs> you don't eat what I made. It's offensive. And so that's kind of how I grew up with just that mentality of like, I like to eat food, but I only liked processed food. <laughs> so I didn't eat much fruit or vegetables, or if I did have fruit, it was like maybe a banana every now and then, an apple, maybe. Um, but I didn't like fruit. I didn't like all the different kinds of food. And that's kind of how it started, my relationship with food. Right. Right. Well, you know, 
with the sugar thing, I, the only reason why I didn't ever get overweight is because my grandma also taught me to take care of my body as far as like you exercise and all that stuff. So I was always pretty thin. I never was at a place where I was overweight. And then whenever me and my husband got married and I started having children, um, during my pregnancies, the entitlement was worse because it's like you're eating for two. You know, that's what they always say. You're eating for two, which actually you really don't need to eat for two, but that's, that's the thought process is like, if you're pregnant, you should be entitled to have whatever you want, whether that's a double cheeseburger from McDonald's and a Coke, which was what I mostly had because especially in the beginning, I would have really bad morning sickness. And I wasn't about to try to eat something healthy. I was going to eat a double cheeseburger. Actually, it was a quarter pounder with cheese and Coke. That's what I could tolerate. And um, each pregnancy was like it kind of the entitlement grew because it was like, okay, well, I had one kid and then I had two kids. Well, now I need to have sugar to help me to get through this. Now I need to have a soda to help me to get through this. And, you know, after a long day of dealing with the kids, it's like my husband would get home and all I wanted was a soda, you know, and, or he'd get home. And part of my way of dealing with emotions was like, again, I would go to sugar. That was my comfort. And so he'd get home and he'd find an empty bag of Reese's with wrappers all around me. (laughs) And he'd be like, what happened today? Cause he already knew that was like what I would just go directly to. And so I think the sad part about that for me was that my grandma was so, she was such a devout woman and she loved the Lord and her life was a hundred percent, you know, for the Lord. We, uh, she built that foundation for me, but in going to sugar to cope with my emotions, I actually made it into an idol because instead of going to the Lord to help me through these things, I was just going straight to sugar. And, um, so like I said, throughout my pregnancies, I was always feeling sick. I had terrible heartburn. Um, all my pregnancies were delivered early. I, I think out of, out of the 10, I only have two who were born full term. All the rest were premature. And I know that a lot of that has to do with my health and how, uh, just how I treated my body with all the sugar, all the preservatives, all, just all the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So, wow, first off, I mean, it's a lot that stacks up there and I totally see how all this stuff came to be. How do you start to change this? Like, how do you start to unravel that deep of a relationship to sugar? Also starting to make realizations that you were using sugar as an idol and not using, you know, your faith in your relationship with God. Like, how do you start to unpack this stuff? Where did the changes start to happen in your story, Jessica? Well, you know, for me, it was probably pregnancy, maybe number seven. My grandma passed away. And so before that, she was calling me every day after I would give birth. She would call me every day. Are you putting on your, um, you know, your postpartum belt? Are you exercising? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? So she was very, um, like, adamant in my appearance. And so she made sure that I was going to still look good. And I think part of that for me was, you know, a vanity thing is like, I wanted to look good. And so a lot of times if I did eat things that I knew I shouldn't eat, then I would punish myself then by not eating 
or by overly exercising, which was never good for my milk supply, you know, because I always breastfed my kids. So I think after my seventh baby, my grandma passed away. And so I no longer had someone calling me every day. And that was really when I started to put on the weight. That was really when I stopped trying. After I had my baby, I didn't wear my postpartum belt. I didn't take care of myself. I didn't um, exercise. And so that's after my seventh pregnancy was like with each pregnancy, it just got worse. Um, And then, you know, we had several miscarriages in between there. But at the end of 2020, my husband, like in December, he just decided I'm done. I'm done feeling sick and tired. And, you know, we had both kind of come to a point where I was seeing it too, how tired we were all the time. But since I had just had a baby that August, I was like, you know, it's normal. I think for me, a lot of the times the tiredness, I was like, this is normal. I just had a baby or I'm breastfeeding now. And so it's like, and then whenever I was not breastfeeding, well, now I'm pregnant again. (laughs) So it was almost like, it felt like this should be normal. I should be tired. And so um, when he kind of got to the point where he was like, you know what, I need to do something different. And he had come across one of your videos because my husband loves to barbecue for us, which is awesome. But he was looking at barbecue videos and he came across your video and he told me about it. But I just kind of was like, oh, that's nice because he's tried things before. We've tried, we've tried keto. We tried a bunch of other different things. And it just never stuck. It was never sustainable. And um, so once he started in December, like immediately, I saw a difference in him. But, you know, the funny thing, Dr. A, was that like probably one month before he came across your video, I was talking with one of the ladies that comes to a lot of the retreats that we have here. And I said, you know, I know that I have addiction to sugar, but I don't want prayer for that. (laughs) I don't want to be healed from that. Right. And at that point, my stomach would hurt all the time. But I'm not kidding you. The very next day after I said that, my bones started aching. I would wake up and I couldn't even open my fingers because it was like they were balled up in a fist and they would hurt so bad. And so it was almost like the Lord was like, oh, really? (laughs) We're going to go there, are we? And so, like I said, a month after my husband started and I saw the changes in him. And so like January of 2021, I saw he's getting fit, like he's slimming down, he's getting muscle. And I was like, oh, no, there's no way I'm going to form a 10 with my husband. (laughs) So I was like, no, 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 I cannot have that. I can't have him looking all good and I'm, you know, over here looking grumpy or whatever. And so that was kind of really what did it for me. It wasn't so much like I had this epiphany, like I need to change something because I really felt, again, I still felt entitled to that being tired. I felt entitled to having that excuse to, as to why I didn't clean my house that day or why I wasn't cooking dinner or why we're just going to order pizza again, because I'm tired and I deserve to be able to be tired. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. And, you know, I, I think it's really interesting what you shared, particularly on your grandma's lasting impact on her wanting you to always look good and that making an impression in your mind. And then the ripple and the echo of that still happening when Ralph is starting. 
a little bit of that vanity key, you know, is kicking in. And I, and I think it's really good that you said that because in many ways, some of these emotions that we have that we eventually we may want to release can be motivating in the early days before we have like deeper intrinsic reasons. So he's getting out, he's losing weight and he's exercising and he's eating healthier. What are some of your first steps that you start cleaning up in your life? What are some of the first changes that you make? Well, first of all, I didn't want to do what he was doing. (laughs) And it wasn't because I didn't see it was working. It was just, I have rebellious tendencies. (laughs) And so it was like, I saw him doing that and I was like, okay, you're doing that. I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. I want to do it myself. Like that was kind of my whole, you know, independent attitude. So I started looking for different programs and I tried a whole bunch of different things and I was able to lose 20 pounds, you know, between, uh, from January to March, whenever I started fit mother. Um, but the funny thing is that is like, I started doing things on my own, but it, it felt so hard because he was doing something totally different. I was, we were kind of eating the same, but it's like, we were not in unity. And it felt like I just couldn't really get that inspiration that I needed. I was motivated, but I wasn't inspired. And to me, it was like motivation only goes so long. And it's the inspiration that comes from the inside. It like really touches you that makes you keep going. And um, so about probably the end of February, I told him, that I didn't want to do what he was doing. I was going to try something else still. And he, he would just always gently say, you know, I really think you would like the fit mother program. No, no, no. I don't want to do what you're doing. And so one day we were in prayer and I literally heard the Holy spirit tell me it's time to follow your husband. And I knew exactly what that meant because it was like, I was fighting against it so hard, which really is kind of dumb, but it, that's just, that's part of my nature. You know, we go back to the entitlement thing. Part of the thing that comes with entitlement is rebellion because you don't want to do what you're told. And so I was like, I don't want to, but then the Holy spirit came along and he was like, you have to follow your husband. So I'm like, okay, fine. I guess I'll do it. And uh, so when I told my husband, he was just so elated. He was so happy. He was so excited. And he was like, you're going to love this. You're going to love it so much. And so that was kind of how I ended up starting was because literally the Holy Spirit told me to. Yeah. And I mean, and kudos to you for having the humility to listen to that and to start, which I mean, as, as a woman of deep faith, like, it, it seems obvious, but I know it was a lot that you'd, you'd, you'd been kicking and screaming a little bit in many ways before that. So you start, and what are some of the first changes that you make when you're starting the Fit Mother program? So as soon as we started, the first thing that we did was, for me anyways, it was the water intake. Because before that, I was drinking water, but I didn't like drinking water. I hated drinking water. And so that was really where... I think you, you really, um, said that so much that I was like, okay, we need to, we need, I need to start with water. And that was, that was really where I started was just drinking the water. And at that time, when I started, I was still breastfeeding. And so, um, when I did start, it was like, I didn't go fully into the meal plan, although I did change a lot of what I was eating, but I didn't cut back a lot on stuff just because I was still nursing. 
but that was really where I started was like water. And then I started doing what my husband was doing, which was like, he would have um, an egg white omelet and then he would for breakfast and then a salad for lunch. And then we'd do a perfect plate for dinner. So then we kind of started on that routine first is like, because for me to drink a shake in the morning was like, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. And so that was really, again, you know, we keep going back to the entitlement, but that was really, for me, that's the thing that I've had to break from. I really had to break from that. Okay. So you start getting in sync and you met like unity and unison. I imagine that felt better on your schedule. My question as, as you're sharing this is how does this start to fit in with also feeding so many kids? Like what, what is the process on that? <laughs> Well, you know what we were doing with like the perfect plate is I was basically make it into like a one one skillet meal. (laughs) So I would throw the veggies in there, throw, you know, potatoes in there and the meat, the protein in there. And so the kids would eat it. And I discovered that I'm actually really good at making chicken. (laughs) I was always so afraid to make chicken like just raw, you know, and like bake it or whatever. This was when I finally started trying things like I would cook ground turkey or, or chicken. And I was like, didn't think I would ever do it. But once I started, my husband would tell me, you know what, this is like the best you've ever cooked in our whole entire marriage. That's got to feel really good. So that's kind of what we had to do with them. It's like, they, cause my kids are different from me. <laughs> they have always loved vegetables because my husband ate them growing up. And so he would ask me to make vegetables for him. And we, so we always would keep fruit and stuff like that. And so my kids have always been a little bit more prone to eating healthier because of my husband. If they had eaten the way I did, it would have been really hard, but it was a little easier because they love broccoli. They love asparagus. They already loved to eat those things. So it wasn't as difficult to incorporate it into our everyday eating. Nice. And what else, what changed with how you were approaching exercise when you, when you started Fit Mother officially, you know, I, I imagine the workouts you're doing before weren't probably quite as challenging as maybe the Apex 10 was. Right. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that experience. So before I was doing a lot of like Brooke Burke, you know, like buns of steel type of. <laughs> yeah. Like lots of squats, leg lifts <laughs> yeah. on the side kind of things. Right. Those kind of videos. And, um, So then when we started with the Apex 10, oh my gosh, I remember the first time that I did Apex 10, I thought I was going to (laughs) die. I literally felt like I was going to throw up. But something happened during that time because with each level, I was fighting another layer of rebellion. I was fighting another layer of entitlement. And that, to me, that was a really big growing exercise, (laughs) not just physically, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally, because I'm going to tell you, Dr. A, I'm a quitter. (laughs) I'm a quitter a lot of times. And, and it's hard for me to persevere because of the entitlement attitude. And so I would get to, you know, like about four or five and I wanted to quit. I was like, I want to quit. I'm going to stop. And then it was like, no, keep going, go to the next one. And then it was like, okay, this time I'm going to stop. I've done enough. No, go to the next one. It was like, I had to keep just fighting for it. And so to me, the apex 10 is like totally the Holy Spirit illuminated you whenever you put that together, because it's more than just exercise. It's 
it's it's a lot deeper than that. And that's where a lot of the deep-rooted emotions and deep-rooted bitterness or whatever is going on for me has come out. That's where the Lord has shown me a lot of those areas where I want to run away, where I want to stop, where I want to quit. Yeah. Wow. I mean, what you just shared is super powerful, and I hope people took that to heart. It's like these kinds of exercise, particularly Apex 10, is like a purification process at every level. As you're feeling like the screaming in your mind of, of these past habits and patterns and behaviors, and you must observe those and still choose to move forward into what you want, into uncomfortability, which is, you know, the doorway into deeper growth. So that's amazing that you persevered through that in spite of all the internal dialogue. And I know that's probably why you've had such a profound shift is partly a lot of the exercise stuff. Now, I'd love to know as you're, as you're doing this, what's changing with entitlement and sugar and, and stuff like that? What kind of changes are you actually noticing? Are you still craving those Reese's as you're going through the day? Is this starting to fall off? Like, I'm really just so curious about what it takes and how quickly one can unwind these deep patterns. Well, let me tell you, the first 30 days were brutal. I remember uh, one day, because one of one of my habits every day, when I'd go pick up the kids from school, I was always running late. And <laughs> so I was running late. I didn't have time to eat lunch. So I have to eat lunch now. So my favorite place to eat is Whataburger. And so I'd pull over at Whataburger, get me a green chili double and a big Coke and my fries. And that's what I have for lunch. So every day, that's something that I was doing. So as we're going through the uh, that first 30 days, and I was staying away from Whataburger because I knew what it was going to do to me. And one day, I was like shaking, literally shaking, sweating because I wanted it so bad. Yeah, that's a legitimate withdrawal symptom, truly. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, and I was like crying. I mean, I was literally crying. I literally called my husband, like, please pray for me right now because all I want to do is pull into the drive thru at Whataburger and I know that I can't. It's like, I want to so bad, but I know if I do this, it's going to undo all the progress that I've made. And, and so he prayed over me and I finally, you know, calmed, calmed down and, I was just, I don't know if I've ever called on the Lord that hard <laughs> other than when I'm giving birth, maybe, but it was like, um, and so after, but you know, something changed after I did that. It was like, oh, I can say no. And before that, it was like, I couldn't say no. I, I had to give in to my impulses. And that day I realized when I call on the Lord, when I call on the Holy Spirit, instead of giving in to my impulse, I can do this. And that really changed something inside of my thought process, because I think before that, I really didn't think I could. I really didn't think it was almost like I'm going to die if I don't have what I want. That was That's how deep it was ingrained in me, that it, it literally felt like if I don't have what I want, I'm going to die. And so um, when I was able to do that that day, it really changed how I saw things. And so from that point on, I could say no. There was times that I didn't say no, but it was because I chose it. It wasn't an impulse anymore. It was, you know what? Yeah, I want to have this right now and I'm going to have it. And I knew what the consequences were going to be. And I was okay with it for that at that moment. Right. 
And that's a conscious choice versus you being chained up into the desire and the impulse. I almost see like you in that moment, you were being tested. I almost feel like a, like biblically tested in a very deep way. And in going through that intensity of that experience, like enabled you to break free and experience freedom from that. And now you're in the place of consciously choosing where at this point today, I'm sure if you want to go get Whataburger, you could get Whataburger, but it's not like a impulsive thing, as you were saying. Right. It's powerful. And I think it's important that people listening to this see that the road to healing and the road to unwind this stuff is not easy. It tested you big time. I mean, I see, like, I really have a visual of you shaking, like, right? I mean, that's, it's yeah. amazing. Yet at the same time, even though it's not easy, the changes can happen very quickly. Because I know through Fit Mother, I mean, you went through a number of the phases through like phase three, and that's a span of six months, right? So, I mean, you can make a profound change in a short period of time, even 30 days, but it can be intense. And that was kind of, that was the journey for me. It was like every phase, it was something different. The Lord was showing me something different. All last year was a really big emotional, spiritual, physical growth because, you know, through all of this, Dr. A, that I went through, through this program, we ended up with a new retreat out here at our ministry because of it, because I was able to identify because I was pulling those things out. I was able to identify my issues with abandonment and rejection. And so that's where all the entitlement came from. And that's where all of the, like, somebody owes me attitude came from. Because I went through this as a child because I felt neglected. I felt abandoned. Now somebody owes me something. And so as I was going through this program and having, starting to have kind of the same things every day, that really broke the entitlement. Because part of the entitlement thing for me was like, I need to have something different to eat every day. I cannot eat the same thing all the time. Like that's, no, I'm not going to do that. And, and now I'm to where, you know, in the morning I'll have my meal replacement coffee. And I basically just put my protein powder, my MCP oil in there. And that's what I have for breakfast at lunch. I do my shake and then dinner is a perfect plate. And then of course we have our low carb days and our fasting days. And, and it's like, I love it. I love doing that because when I do have my feast days, it's a treat. It's joy. And I, so my body doesn't react the same way to it because now I'm eating it in joy and I'm eating it with gratitude as opposed to eating it with entitlement. Yeah, for sure. Well said. And I think the energy behind those things changes so much. And I also am curious if this has been your experience. It has been for me. I feel that I can connect so much deeper in prayer when my body is healthy, my digestive tract is cleaner, and I just feel like my body is of higher vitality Absolutely. than before when, I don't know, when, when you're stuck in eating the wrong kinds of foods, you just feel like just icky all the time. And I think it does dramatically affect your ability to get into deep prayer and connect to God and as everyone uniquely understands God. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. You know, um, we had... As we're going through the journey in June, we had a miscarriage and that was hard. And so we, but, you know, by God's grace, I was able to continue. Normally that would have been something that would have stopped me dead in my tracks. But then in November, we had another miscarriage. And so I don't know if it was 
because I was still recovering from the first one. I don't really know why, but it totally took me down where uh, I was still trying to do some things on plan, but I was no longer um, delving myself into it the way I was before. And so like November that happened. So then at the end of December, when I was finally feeling like I was coming out of it, we got COVID. And during COVID, that was a whole nother, that was a whole nother journey. There was a couple of nights where I was like, okay, Lord, I, I don't think I'm waking up in the morning. Like, cause we got that sick. And, uh, so during COVID, I didn't even bother to eat on plan at all. And so that took a lot out of me. It really did to where it took me up until the beginning of February to recover from that. And so right at the beginning of February, the Lord just switched it up on me again. And he was like, okay, that's enough. That's enough moping. And it's time to come out of it and go back to doing what you know you're supposed to do. And so that's when I like, basically, I guess you could say restarted. Yeah. You reset. Yeah. I reset. And so since February, since I have like just completely delved back into it, I have seen, it's almost like in this month and a half or almost going on two months, I've seen such a bigger growth than in the whole year (laughs) because I understand it now. And I know that God provides grace through all, anything really. But I believe that he provides a particular grace through this program. And I've seen it in my life. And I'm so grateful for that because I think that after this last miscarriage, I don't know where I would have been because I'm telling you, I went, I went down in there. (laughs) I was, I was down at the bottom, but you know, what helped me get through that was the Facebook community. Um, You know, my FMP sisters, it's like, they were constantly encouraging me and, and I would kind of, you know, check in every once in a while. I'm like, I am down in, in the gutter right now. And they always were so kind and so encouraging. And through this whole process, they have all been, you know, Amy Spock and Kristen and, you know, all, all the, <laughs> all the bits. All the FMP superstars. Yeah. <laughs> they have just been such a blessing to me in that area of just helping me to keep going. That's amazing. It's one of my favorite things to see about the program is that it's a family. And I mean, we're not in this, we're, uh, this life experience, we're, we're completely here together. I mean, this is the whole point of this is we're here together to learn, to grow, to mutually support one another. You know, what you shared, I think is very powerful and raw. And I'm glad that you did because it's important for people to hear the fact that even though you had built so much momentum in the past, these series of unforeseen events. I mean, the two miscarriages and then COVID after that, like totally knocked you on, on your butt. And is that not just how life happens sometimes? I mean, these are like the, the flow of things. And, you know, I'm not going to say by any means that I'm glad those things happened to you. I'm so sorry for those two miscarriages. But what I do see is very amazing is that this moment in February, when you decide that enough is enough and you're able to get back on and restart, that is a skill. Like that is a skill that will serve you for the rest of your life because I can't imagine 
you over the next 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years aren't going to have another scenario where something comes up that derails your perfect regular routine. And, and sometimes they might be really intense things. So the fact that you're able to rely on your relationships with the amazing women in the Fit Mother community, that you were able to go through the experience with as much grace as possible, you know, at, at times that means completely being off the plan and maybe even wallowing in a little bit of self-pity. Those emotions are fine, but as long as we're able to come back out and you're able to listen to the Holy Spirit and your internal voice of saying that enough is enough and now is the time, I am very proud of you for going through that. I think that's the kind of stuff that will make you even stronger that you experience that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's funny because although we miss the babies that we lost, I'm grateful for what we went through because it did take me to a new place. Going through those emotions in November, it brought me to a new place. And as much as it hurt, at the same time, I was grateful for it because now I know, first of all, our goal is to get our children into heaven. <laughs> so I can't imagine that two babies with no sin wouldn't be in heaven. So I accomplished that goal <laughs> without very much work. But, you know, the second thing is like when we went through COVID, as terrible as it was and as hard as it was, so many things came out of that, like so many um, different bitter roots and just different areas of unforgiveness that I had so much awareness came from that. And so, yes, it was hard to go through and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but at the same time, I'm glad that God chose us to go through it because he allowed us to go through it and he gave us grace to go through it. And so now coming back into the program, it's like, I have a new mission. And my mission is to do what God wants me to do. And even though before I thought I was doing that, but there was so much, it was so entangled with entitlement and so entangled with all this bitterness and all this unforgiveness that it's like, there was so much of me that was still held back. And through this program, so much of those layers that were hiding me came off. And I'm not just talking about weight. You know, this is uh, so much of the spiritual, the emotional things, the bad behaviors that I had. So much of them, the Lord has been able to bring me to them and bring me to that awareness so that I can change them. And so I'm grateful because now I truly believe that I'm able to embrace who God created me to be because of that journey. That is probably the most beautiful thing you could possibly say. And it seems to me that this is our life experience to each of us to be uniquely revealed in the things that need to be healed and forgiven. And where oftentimes these things are illuminated through painful experience, not always, but very often. And I, I, I personally hold the belief that we are tested with the stuff that we can, that we absolutely need and that we can absolutely handle. And it kind of seems to me that this was and has been your experience and I think this conversation together has been profound because it's really highlighting to me how deeply integrated this whole process is, mind, body, spirit, completely. In many ways, we're drawing artificial distinctions. This is the process of, of all of this happening together. And it's beautiful. And I, I'm just like 
thank you. You're, you've like, you are inspiring me with how you're approaching this. And I think it's really amazing. And I hope other people listening to this, regardless of their relationship to individual faith or religion are being inspired as well by you, a woman who is really just coming all out at this or having the courage to be vulnerable and to go through all the things that will happen and will continue to happen. And it's amazing. I just like, my heart is full hearing you share all this. Now, I want to ask a few other questions. Now that you've been doing this for some time, what's it been like with your relationship with Ralph? How has it affected your your marriage? And in you know, now at first it started off as like, you know, maybe a little bit of competition. They're not wanting to be left behind. And I imagine it's changed pretty dramatically as you've gone through this. Tell me, tell me a little about that. What's your relationship like with Ralph? Well, I'm gonna to be totally raw and honest the way that I have been. <laughs> but you know, in the beginning, like you're saying, it's like there was a certain level of competition because I can be a very competitive person. And so I was almost like, I wanted to help him do the things, but then there was like a small little part of me that almost wanted to sabotage him so that I could catch up to him. (laughs) But as I started the program, again, it's, it's amazing to me, just the vehicle of grace that this program is, because it was like, as I started the program, something inside of me changed. Whereas like, I didn't feel like that. And I think maybe in the beginning, that's why I didn't really want to do what he was doing because I wanted to show him I can do it better. And, um, but as I started the very first week that I was on the program, I felt so much better. I mean, it was like night and day. I think within a couple of days, the pain that I had been feeling in my bones and stuff was completely gone. Uh, was not having stomach ache anymore. It was, it was like, how did this just happen literally overnight? But it did. And I was feeling so much better that my husband was like, you know what? I really would like for us to start going on a weekly date night. And so what he did is he sold all his clothes (laughs) that were too big for him. And he took me out on a date with that money. And I was like, that was like the most romantic thing to me. It was like, you know, some women want flowers or whatever, but to me, it was like, that was like, it touched my heart so much because I saw that change in him and that just the thoughtfulness, you know, that to me, that was just so thoughtful and so romantic. And so we have had a weekly date night ever since then, ever since then we've had a weekly date night. So that's something that listen up folks, weekly date night with 10 kids. It's possible. It is possible. And you know what I love about it is that the kids know, the kids know it's like, okay, it's date night and they're sitting there encouraging us. And, you know, sometimes my daughters will give me a hard time and they're like, Ooh, mom, you can't go out dressed like that. Or, you know, and it's not that I'm dressed provocative, but they're just, they just like to give me a hard time. <laughs> you're, hey, you're looking good. They're giving you a hard time. <laughs> and so they're like, Oh, you can't go out like that. And, you know, anyway, they're so funny, but that's one of the things that I love is that our kids are watching us grow. And as much joy as it gives parents to watch their kids grow, I see the joy in my kids watching us grow. And that's kind of backwards, but, <laughs> but it's awesome. It's really awesome to me that, that they're encouraging. You know, my oldest daughter, she prays in the morning on the way to school every day because we, we pray together on the way to school. But every morning, her prayer petition is, Lord, give mom enough time to work out today. (laughs) I love that. What 15-year-old kid prays that for their parent? 
you know? And so to me, it's like, that's a big deal. And that lets me know how much it means to them that they see that we're doing this for them. Because before we were so tired that going into a retreat, because we have retreats every other weekend, just about. And so going into the retreat on Friday night, usually I was already tired. And I was like, I'm ready for this retreat to be over. It hadn't even started yet. And so I couldn't even give my whole self there. But then when we'd come home on Sunday after the retreat was over, I was so exhausted that all I wanted to do was sleep. And I was entitled to that. <laughs> That's how I felt. I, I just worked all weekend serving the Lord. You know, you need to leave me alone. Let me rest. But at the same time, there was something inside of me that was like, Lord, I'm, I'm afraid that my kids are going to begin to resent you because here I am giving my whole weekend away to sometimes complete strangers, you know, and yet when I come home, I have nothing left for them. And so that was kind of a silent prayer in my heart that I was like, something has to change, but I didn't know, you know, just like I shared in the beginning, I felt like this was normal to be this tired. And so after we were on the program, that first retreat after, I was amazed how going into the retreat, I was excited for the retreat to start. I wasn't ready for it to be over. And at the end of the retreat, I was ready to come home and spend time with the kids. I wasn't ready to come home and go to sleep. And so that's one of the things that we've started doing now is like, after retreat's over, we'll go take them out to eat or we'll go to the park or we'll go fishing or we'll go do something with them. And that means a lot to me. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, with how big and important like your ministry is to your life, this is a big deal. The fact that you're now able to repeat this every other week and be able to have the energy to integrate all of this stuff and release not just the weight, but the feeling of guilt that you're a little bit like torn. And I think one of the greatest signs of health is energy. It really is. Energy and stamina are one of the greatest indicators of health. So it's very clear that your body is a lot more resilient and healthy now. So that's wonderful. I mean, I, I think just imagine the kind of service that you're going to be able to do over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years based on that kind of energy. Like I see you, you know, being like, I don't know if you'll ever have gray hair, but if you have gray hair, just a fiery, fiery 70 year old leading these retreats still in wonderful energy, you know, that's, that's really amazing. And I think this conversation has been beautiful. I'd love to turn it over to you one more time, uh, perhaps to share words of wisdom to sort of ladies starting out and maybe any, any comments for women inside the Fit Mother Sisterhood that have supported you along the way? Anything you'd like to share to our team or the other ladies? Awesome. Well, first of all, you know, for anyone who's just starting out or thinking about starting out, just say yes. Just say yes and just do what the program calls you to do because in that, there's going to be so much growth and it's going to be a blessing to your life and to the people around you because they're going to get the real you, not the tired you, not the exhausted you. And so in continuing to live that lifestyle of unhealthy eating, we're actually depriving the ones that we love the most because we're depriving them of us. And so I'm just inviting you to give your loved ones a gift, the gift of you. And for all my sisters in the FMP program, I just want to thank you so much because 
you all have been such an inspiration to me. Um, watching every single one of you go through your journey and bounce back is what has given me that inspiration to bounce back as well. And I just want to thank you all, especially for your kind words. Oh my gosh. It's like anytime I post any NSV, you know, a non-skill victory, it's like the encouragement is amazing. And I, it's, it's hard because most women are so competitive with each other and within the FMP group, I have not found that. I have not found that competition. I have found nothing but love and encouragement. And so I am so grateful for that. And I'm grateful for you, Dr. A. I'm thankful that God has used you to provide this vehicle of grace for us because it's just been such an awesome blessing for us and for our families. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful that now you have a little one and you can invest into her and yeah. congratulations to you and your wife for on that because now you're going to have a whole different view on life i'm sure you do already i already do i, I know what you're talking about yeah it's just amazing yeah well i received that fully and i want to echo back the same thing thank you for being with me and our team and our community in this journey it brings me the greatest joy to be of service and this program to be of service to you and to see the impact you're making and i want to speak I feel I feel confident in speaking for the entire Fit Mother community here and saying that you have given the exact same amount of kindness and encouragement and inspiration to so many ladies. I mean, your posts have made a big impact because people have told me. And and thank you for being such a wonderful part of our community, for sharing your heart today. And I hope that someone listening to this found this inspirational and follows your path in their own way. Thank you for coming on today, Jessica. Thank you, Dr. A, for the opportunity. God bless you. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast. 